RadioInfluence.com. What this indictment says of just this one officer leaving the other two officers completely innocent, apparently, right? Officers Cosgrove and Mattingly did nothing wrong, according to this indictment. It means that if you live in the state of Kentucky, if you were ever associated in any way with somebody who was caught in the criminal justice system, even if they are no longer associated with you and no longer live in your home, police have the full right and are fully within the law to bust into your apartment while you're asleep after midnight and start shooting and can kill you as long as they aim. Say it again. As long as they aim their weapon at you or at anyone in the apartment, they are within the law, according to this indictment, according to AG Daniel Cameron. Police then have the full right to kill you because they are investigating an association that doesn't have anything to do with you committing a crime. You haven't done anything. They're not even accusing you of committing a crime. Apparently, I'm not sure they were sure who was in the apartment. They're just saying that apartment is associated with someone who was associated with you. So sorry if they bust in and they start licking off shots and you get killed, your death is irrelevant to the law in the state of Kentucky. Your death doesn't matter. Your life doesn't matter. This was a Black Lives Don't Matter ruling because they said that her life was irrelevant, that the life of her boyfriend who was in the apartment with her didn't matter, that he attempting to defend her was the crime. The potential crime was him trying to defend his castle. So the castle doctrine is wiped away when police bust into your home. You don't have the right to defend yourself don't have the right to survive. You don't have the right to have medical attention applied to you. These officers don't even have to try to save you. They can just shoot you. That is what I heard in this. Now, it didn't surprise me. I will say I have lost the, the, the capacity to be surprised. I'm never surprised anymore because here's the problem. The authority who will decide if your life is worth pursuing a case over is the partner of the police their partner who works with them to make cases, who works with them every day, who knows them by first name, probably sends them Christmas cards, knows who their kids are, their friend, their partner, the prosecutor will decide if your life matters. And guess what? In 99% of those cases, they will say it doesn't. Wow. Um, I'm guessing we are here now. Um, By the way, that last number she said was an actual stati- statistic. It wasn't her just exaggerating to say it's like almost all cases. That's a real statistic. That's the craziest part. Right. Um, it's DJ Eakin. Uh, we are here now, the DJ Eakin podcast. Um, welcome you. Uh, my normally chipper self. It, I just can't be today. Um, Brittany's here, of course. Brittany Gonzalez. And um, as I promised you. And I thought today would be appropriate to bring her back. Friend of show, family, uh, confidant, keeper of Eakin in line whenever he gets too far astray, Miss Tony Howard Lowe. How are you, Tony? I'm good, I guess, as good as you can be in the state of the world. Um, I think we are at the point where we've pretty much cried all the tears we can cry. I mean, um, 
to the point of the clip, I mean, I think we're all at the point where we're no longer surprised. I mean, I don't think the system was built to protect us. Um, and so at this point, I don't even know that there is necessarily advocacy um, for the current system, you know? So, you know, again, I'm, I'm doing all right to answer right. the, to the question as, as all right as I could do under, um, you know, the current state of the world. Yeah. And, and there, there's a lot to, un, to unpack here. And, and first off, shouts out to Miss Joy Ann Reed, who's that, that clip is from yeah. uh, CNN um, that I, I saw yesterday. And I wanted to start the show with that. There's a lot to unpack here. First of all, um, it's funny, not funny, haha, but funny that you say, because that's all I've been catching with everybody that, that seems to have an opinion on this online is that every black person, every woman, man, doesn't matter the age, the same phrase they start out with. I'm not surprised that like that to me, that's the new hashtag because nobody is surprised. Like everybody expected it, and especially when we started to get that they were declaring a state of emergency in Louisville, Kentucky. We all were just kind of like, well, we know what's about to happen here. Right. Um, right. So let's unpack this first of all with. What what almost everybody knows, this issue concerns Breonna Taylor, 26-year-old EMT, whose house was pretty much invaded for in a, with, with, with a no-knock warrant in Louisville, Kentucky, after midnight on March 13th, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Right? Her and her, her and her current boyfriend, which is something that I want to get straight to because it seems to be in a lot of the rebuttals about this, a lot of the chaos about this, that – People are acting like the current boyfriend is the is the, yes. the uh, support supposed drug dealer slash suspected drug dealer whatever Correct. he's not. The current boyfriend's name is Kenneth Walker. That's who was in the house with her. Now the guy that they keep trying to make sure that they associate with her to keep this in the mud and keep her somehow her her legacy somehow cloudy. His name is Jamarcus Glover. He is the ex boyfriend. Now part of my issue with this and and ladies feel free to jump in wherever wherever you can is this to me, highly resonates like the Trayvon Martin did. Trayvon oh, Martin yeah. did. And, and the reason I say that is this, and, and let, me, let me put this in perspective. We got all of this going on around, around Breonna Taylor, right? And then they come out with this, legal, with this legal jargon because now we know we got the indictment. And the indictment is wanton endangerment, which I have never heard until mm-hmm. today, which somebody mm-hmm. had to dig deep in the legal field to probably be like, we got to come out of this room with something. So wanton endangerment is not even still anything to do with the harming of Breonna Taylor. Her right. getting shot, her mm-hmm. getting killed. It's nothing to do with that. It is simply reckless endangerment of the officers mm-hmm. shooting and bullets could danger people in other domains, other dos- yes. domiciles, other houses. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Now, yes. The reason I say that this reminds me a lot of Trayvon Martin is because the letter of the law is kind of, to me, what saved, um, I don't even want to say his name, but the guy who Trayvon Martin ultimately got killed by. Because this dude followed Trayvon Martin, did everything you could do to instigate this kid wanting to feel like that he had to protect himself. And then I didn't see it, but from everything that I seemed to gather from watching the trial or whatever, when he started losing the fight or the the altercation that they got in, then he pulled the gun and he shot Trayvon. So then it became at that very moment, we're going to forget everything else that I did to get here. Mm-hmm. But that very moment, the stand your ground law works for me at this very moment. So now we've gotten all this other stuff going. And in the, in the, the right down to the nit, nitpick of the law, I got you right here. Because now we got Breonna Taylor. We've seen a $12 million wrongful death settlement. We've seen her death be declared as a homicide. But when we get to who's responsible, 
nobody's responsible. She just ain't here. You know, she just ain't here. Um, It's like when it comes to the justice part, like that's the part that always fails. There is no justice that comes from this. And that's where I feel like the unrest is coming from a lot of. I think a part of it is that like, I think the thing that, that we all have to wrap our minds around is that the root of this systemic racism is at the root of this. And it's hard, you know, there, there are three cops, you know, we, you've seen the sayings, arrest the cops that kill Breonna Taylor over and over again. But the reality is Breonna Taylor was killed by a negligent system. There are many fails before the cops actually shot into Brianna's house and killed her. Brianna's death was already written by a, 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 a ton of steps that were negligent and flawed in our system, right? When a no-knock warrant was entered or was actually approved initially, right? Because we know now that they then changed it and now there's some controversy of whether or not they announced themselves. But when the no-knock warrant was originally issued, the system was failing Brianna, right? Especially because they were not sure if and the alleged ex-boyfriend was already in police custody, already in, right? right? Already in so wow. when we think about the AG's job, who, again, we won't even get into how how systemically flawed that is, because as many of you know, a lot is coming out around his relationship with Mitch McConnell and subsequently his ties to the GOP. So you have a lot of people um, that are entangled in this in this scenario right so this isn't simply the cops that shot into brianna's house the reason that they can't that they're working harder to provide impunity to those cops is because that would mean that a lot of people would be responsible for the murder of brianna taylor right? right and so to me i'm like i'm not surprised because by saying that they are guilty for what they did, right? And, and and really, to be honest with you, everyone in America should be screaming, it is not okay for you to walk in my house, kill me, mm-hmm. right. and have impunity based on the fact that you did not get it right. Exactly. Right? But unfortunately, again, systemic racism. A lot of people know who's ringing. I don't. I don't know who that is. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of people know that that's just what it is, you know. So, who is that ringing? I don't know. Watch Brittany be looking around and it be her. I know. I'm like, uh, no. I swear, there's. (laughs) It's not me. It It ain't me this time. See nothing, so I don't. So well, I like, see, wait, wait, nobody uh, well, calls me on these things, so yeah. I don't know what's. Maybe, right. Well, well, maybe it's your actual phone. I don't know. Maybe that's in the room. I don't. No, it's I don't. not. It's in the other room. Okay, I don't even have one of those cute rings, so I don't. I would never even get that ring. I got the good old fashioned. <laughs> I got a good old fashioned thug grandma ring. So, so that's how I'm going. My and calls you, are silence. But go ahead. I mean, I think hopefully that answers, you know, the question, right? Which is, um, you can't really arrest the three cops responsible for the shooting when the negligence is so deep rooted. Right. 
what what's really this is all cover. Right. And what strikes me, too, is that there's so many things. And maybe I watch too many law shows. Maybe I've talked to too many officers. And, and the guy who even originally got the warrant, he's nowhere on the scene. He's nowhere. He's he's nowhere on the scene. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of confusion about whether they identify themselves. And I'm still in it. And it could be just me. Yeah. But I think I'm a realist when I say. Eight out of 10 people, you wake me up when I'm asleep at after midnight just busting in my house or knocking yeah. crazy. First of all, I'm trying to figure out yeah. what's going on. I'm, I'm first, yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah. Yeah. trying to shake the cobwebs out and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Then the whole other thing that, that really strikes me too is now you got a guy who's licensed to carry and you're trying to make this like it's his fault that Rihanna yeah. Taylor got shot. Like, shot the, like the boyfriend, yeah. Kenneth Walker is licensed to carry a firearm. He, for all intensive purposes, he's dating Brianna Taylor. She's his family. So he's doing what he's got to do to protect his family. Nobody's identifying himself. Yeah. And I found this out last night. Stephen Romans is Rom- Romans is Kenneth Walker's lawyer. He was on yes. CNN last night. He was on Anderson yeah, Cooper I last night. Mm-hmm. He said that all of this stuff that they're saying about that there's one person that ident- that heard the cops identify themselves, he's saying that person had to be interviewed three times before that person actually said that he heard yeah. them identify themselves. Yeah, but his but it is inconsistent with his testimony the day of, where right. he said he did not hear the cops announce themselves. I think the other interesting thing that I thought um, that his attorney also pointed out is that in the state of Kentucky, when you think about self-defense and how now they're trying to say that the Castle Doctrine doesn't apply, but when you think about self-defense, it doesn't it doesn't provide provide cover for a third party. So even if the cops felt that it was a threat, how does that not how does that make them um, give them cover or impunity for the death of Breonna Taylor? Right. So I think all of it is it is an injustice. Right. We're watching it and we're learning that the system wasn't built to protect us, right? And I think that's where the lack of surprise comes from, right? Because the law is written but can be twisted um, to to support those um, that are privileged. Right. And, um, you know, you, you take the same types of laws and apply them. Um, and you, we even saw that in Trayvon Martin, you know? I mean... You, you had Stand Your Ground that worked for Zimmerman. And then um, I, I forget her name in Atlanta, Georgia, I think, or outside, right outside of Atlanta, who used Stand Your Ground. And then it, it, that same um, and, and no one was injured. Right. No and one I, was killed. Right. And I forget her name, but the story went and correct me if I'm wrong. She didn't even shoot at him. She shot a shot warning in shot air. in the air yeah. because he had been beating her. And, and, and exactly. it, was, it was domestic abuse that was documented. Oh, so in right. order for her to tell him, like, look, you're going to stop this. She shot in the air. Yeah. yeah like, and like warning because him. her children were there, um, she stands her ground. Um, you know, there, there was some other way that they kind of loophole her being guilty. But the, the point is, is that the law isn't even consistent, right? Um, and, and that's the challenge with it all, right? Which is that um, people feel hopeless, you know, because essentially, and, and I think even more now is what we're watching is that now people are saying like, is this empowering more death, right? Is this empowering 
you know, more um, sort of a a desensitization to to Black death, right? Like, no one's even reacting anymore. Like, nope, somebody, I woke up today, another Black person was murdered by the police or a random citizen. But it, and, and you make a good point there because it does feel like to me, and I've, I've never heard it put that way until now, that it is empowering death, especially when it comes to a black person, because you think about it like this. And, and I tell Brittany this all the time. It seems like when one of us gets killed, right, we have to go through such a process to even start the process. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? And by, by that, I mean, we have to, to fight, march, whatever to get them to say, OK, now there's going to be possibly a grand jury investigation to see if we're going to indict them, to see if we're going to prosecute them. And then we get to a part like this where it's like, what is this? Um, what, this was March, April, May, June, like 194 days or something like that. We were at this. Um, and we come out with nothing. We come out with wo- wo- <laughs> wanton entanglement. That's what we come out with. Wanton entanglement. Yeah. And then Brianna was an EMT. And so when you think about being a public servant, right? right? And we, where do we draw the line on, you know, blue lives mattering? And where do we draw the line on being a public servant, right? And we see this sort of like criminalization of Brianna and her boyfriend, who in fact had nothing to do with this warrant. Right. Not at all. Right. Not right. even closely related. Not even a piece of that warrant applied to them. And you, if you read through the comments and you start to see how people are reacting and just misinformed and, um, and, and, and part of it is just what has been saturated in the media. Right. right. Um, and to your point, just entangling her ex-boyfriend with the current boyfriend and criminalizing Brianna, but no one's really telling Brianna's story. Right. And you, you know, what strikes me too is, is how often, um, the cover-up starts to come out. And then they, they that's what makes it so hard, I think, for me to trust the system is because there's always these other little things that start coming out, like all of a sudden, the the boyfriend, Jamarcus, the ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, was offered a deal that he would get out of, get his charges dropped if he just said that Breonna Taylor was involved in his in his drug activities. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So you you start yeah. you start seeing yeah. stuff like that. You're like, well, yeah. if, if yeah. this is all so above water and so up and up, yeah. Then why are all these little things going on, you know what I'm saying, yeah. like back here? And then um, there was another guy I'd seen in last night, and he said that her whole association with him was way back in January. Her last really association with him. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he said when, when they went through this whole thing, the only thing that they really had was one time they think that he went there and he left the house with the, with the, with the post office package. That's what they had. They had nothing on her. They didn't find any money when it ultimately went down. They didn't find any drugs when it ultimately went down. They found nothing in her house. Maybe it might have even been a few pieces of straggled mail that was there that had his name on it, but nothing that tied him to the house and associating with her on a regular basis or her being involved in anything that he had going on at this point, you know. And so you you start look at that and you go, well, dang. So like you said, she's an EMT. She's in the middle of COVID fighting to save lives. And a whole other piece of this that they're not talking about is she laid there for like five minutes, they say, gasping after they shot her. And they didn't even get her her any any attention. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her her mother arrived on the scene um, and stood 
out, well, arrived at the scene, was told that Brianna was taken to a hospital. But in fact, Brianna was inside the house already dead. Her mother leaves, goes to the hospital, stays there for hours. Finally, someone says, we don't have a Brianna Taylor here. Goes back to the scene, is told she needs to stay there. Meanwhile, they know Brianna is deceased. They send a detective on site to start asking the mother, was Brianna involved in drugs? Was her husband never once telling her and her mom's like, what is, I don't understand what's going on. Where is Brianna? What, why are you asking me? Of course, she's not involved with drugs. Her mom is frantic. They're telling her, oh, well, you know, we believe that she's at a hospital. Maybe you went to the wrong hospital. Her mother stands there to, I mean, literally at this point, it's like 10, 12 hours. Her mother has been waiting. They bring the coroner in and literally quietly remove Brianna's body from the apartment the entire time her mother and family are outside asking about her. So the level of collusion, right? Like the level of deceit in this case is, it's it's just, I have no words, right? Um, And we've seen this happen time and time again, but I think I'm just baffled by the fact that we have criminalized Brianna in a way that makes it seem like she's responsible for her death. We failed Brianna and not just the three cops who shot in after a shot allegedly came out, but we failed Brianna the moment a no-knock warrant was signed with without having the right context. And on top of this, the way I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around a no-knock warrant at midnight for a, a criminal, like an adjacent behavior to someone else, right? right? And we're talking about at best a minor drug offense right that's right it wasn't it wasn't like a it was a big bust or anything it was it was very small that's right and then to do all of that for what it's almost like they were bored and had nothing else to do so they were like let's go you know do this big like they wanted to do a movie or something you know like it just it seems so crazy that it's so over the top that it's like it, it, yeah. I don't, yeah, it didn't, it didn't match what they did. And again, when you have anyone entering your home, bursting into your home, you don't know. Uh, uh, to me, it's like related when people get pulled over and it's like when a cop immediately pulls out a gun on a black person, it's like, how do you expect someone to react who's never been through that situation? Most likely, you know, and then we're just supposed to be calm. Like there's a gun being pulled on you. Like we're not taught how to react. And the same thing, someone's entering your house. If anything, we're taught that we have the right to defend ourselves in our home. So, you know, it it doesn't make sense there. The expectation. Not to mention you got the cop that was firing blindly through a window that had curtains and blinds on it. So he's just just shooting. Not to mention 
that they we didn't know, know who actually. There are children present. Right. That's what I was going to um, get to next. You don't yeah. know who's actually in the house. So you don't mm-hmm. know if there are children in the house. You don't know. It's it's like they it's like they talk like they had intel, but they had really no intel at all. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, too, this was part of like a like a four or five house thing that they were that they were raiding. But all these other places were known trap houses, which are AKA drug houses, right? So everybody on the news that has talked about this is like we're still all wondering how they wound up with a battering ram at Breonna Taylor's apartment. Even with whatever they say else was going on, how does how does her how, her apartment get in get entangled in all of this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For someone again, you already have in custody. Right. Yeah. And and that and that piece yeah. right there, you already got the guy in custody, so he wasn't there at all. You yeah. Know? And that, you know, I, and that's such an important detail. It's like, where was the communication in your team to know that? So that what was the point of entering this yeah. home? If you already have the suspect, that's who you needed. That's who the, the this whole case was about that you were searching for. So, again, that's showing that they don't know what they're doing. Right. They mishandled the situation. Right, which is what, what my, my beginning point was, right? We can't charge three officers in the killing of Brianna because the negligence is egregious on so many levels. So then you have three cops who go, wait a minute. I was given orders. I yep. followed the orders I was given, right? Mm-hmm. So then who then is responsible for the death of Breonna Taylor? So what we see is a $12 million settlement for her family um, because, and here's the other thing too, for all the people who, you know, scream around, you know, don't, you know, they don't understand defund the police and they don't understand, you know, that are screaming Blue Lives Matter, when a $12 million, uh, you know, when there's a $12 million state, uh, settlement that happens, the taxpayers pay for that. Exactly. So right. you can you can be an advocate for blue lives, but ultimately the taxpayers are paying for negligent and, you know, ruthless behavior um, by the cops, right? So in right. the end... The taxpayers pay for the lack of uh, proper policing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just it's unfortunate because, um, you know, Brianna's uh, family received, from what I understand, the largest settlement ever to be given in a um, police shooting. Um, but what really is twelve million dollars? Yeah, right. In the end. Um, Brianna didn't really get justice. Right. Um, and to me, the $12 million, as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, so we're not, no one will be charged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have this very minor charge. Um, I think the, the, um, the total, uh, amount of, uh, maximum amount of years that the officer who was charged for the bullet that went into the white neighbor's apartment is five years max, right? We know that likely he'll probably be acquitted um, or at best he'll get some very small amount of hours for that, um, you know, you know, hours meaning service or uh, years that, you know, will mean nothing really in the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Which one of the officers was the one that wrote the email about, you know, like I did the ethical, we did the ethical and the moral thing, you know, like standing by what, what they did. I saw the email and I don't remember right now. I just didn't know. It was one of them. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. It was I, one of them. I was just curious because I was like, he sent this big email out, which to me was so bold to be like, I'm standing by this. I did the right thing. It's like, wow, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and if he feels that way, you know, how many officers on his team felt that way and feel that way? And, you know, no remorse. I think that was one of the things that was said that there was, uh, oh, that he was, uh, he was terminated. The one that got indicted was because he showed lack of, of uh compassion for human life that yeah, after it, an examination they did they had to fire him for showing so much lack of yeah. value in human life that's crazy it was uh sergeant john mattingly who wrote the email he's uh he's the one who led the the uh narcotics raid on brianna taylor's uh apartment that night and um because i had read the email too i had saw that um and actually um Advice. One of the vice reporters got a hold of the email somehow, started uh, tweeting out uh, screen grabs. Yeah, and he was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of different things, and it was, it was a pretty long email too. Yeah. Um, it was, there's parts of it I just, I was looking for that part where he was just like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he wrote the actual email. Um, he, you know, he says stuff. Um, I'm not uh, basically I'm not here to give you a rah-rah. You got this speech. I'm here to tell you that you signed up to help this community and keep your head up. I'm here to tell you I'm sorry you have to go through this. I'm sorry your families have to go through this. I'm sorry the mayor, Amy Hess and Chief Conrad failed all of us in every proportions for their own gain and to cover their um, he's got that. Those yeah. are stars. So I'm guessing as he yeah. goes, you do not deserve to be in this position, the position that allows thugs to get in your face and yell, curse and degrade you, throw bricks, bottles and urine on you and expect you to do nothing. It goes against everything we were all taught in the academy. The position that if you make a mistake during one of the most stressful times in your career, the department and FBI who aren't cops and would more stars their pants if they had to hold the line go after you for civil rights violations your civil rights means nothing but the criminal has total autonomy 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 i don't know why i'm thinking why i'm, why I'm reading that word wrong autonomy um that's that's part of it for me i i, yeah. I really can't get to because i just i'm just to this point now because we talk about this all the time um so now what do we do you know, you know, and, I mean, you have, no one may not even have an answer. Honestly, I, I think I just yeah. tend to throw it out. there trying to think of a positive yeah. direction to go with all of this. I mean, I think there's a lot of things. Right. Uh, you know, you have a lot of conversations around defunding the police. I think it's important for un people to understand what defund means. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you get a re get get rid of the police force. But it does mean that we look at the budget. Some budgets for the police force in cities are astronomical compared to like economic reform and, and different things for the city. So looking at how we um, are funding the police, um, I think uh, also reforming the police. A lot of the police yeah. do not um, live in the communities that they serve, right. um, which is problematic, right? Um, because yeah. um, there used to be a time where police um, knew the people that, that they were protecting and serving. Um, and um, while that may not be a one size fits all based on the city size, I do think that there are things that we can do in how we recruit um, that would help us, um, you know, uh, essentially uh, better, better police in our communities. Um, the other thing too is ultimately you know, 
I know people keep beating everybody over the head about voting, but the reality is I don't think that many of us understand that there are three branches of the government right. um, and that when we vote, we're not just voting for the for the president. I've had many young people tell me the reason they didn't vote um, the last time is because they were confused. They didn't think their vote mattered. Um, but the reality is, is that their vote mattered very much so. And, um, you know, that's how you get um, uh, an AG who's in bed with a senator and a senator who's in bed with a president, right? Um, right. And there are many ways that we can be informed about the ballot. And then that trickles down. That AG might have a relationship with a judge. Like all of these things, um, when we're watching the news, you know, and we're like, why, why did, you know, we're watching these cases and we're seeing how a judge may have reacted. These people are, um, you know, on your ballots. Right. And so I think that's important to know. I think the third thing is that ultimately our government is going to have to be completely reformed. And, um, I don't have the answer for a government for the people. Um, I don't have the answer for that because I think we're in so, so deep. And right now we have to focus on November. But what I will say is, is that particularly for black and brown communities, we have to change the power dynamics. Um, and a lot of that starts with economics and that's, that starts with um, dollars. Um, and it starts with our own financial freedom. Um, it starts with, um, you know, uh, how we invest, you know, black and brown communities spend nearly one trillion dollars in consumer goods. So, you know, we we're, we we're dripped in Gucci, um, but, right. you know, like and, and, and designer cars and things of that nature. And that's not like a diss or anything to the community, but it's just really more of how do we um, make our dollars make movement? Right. How do we how do we utilize that? Um, type, you know, and it's easier said than done, right? Because, right. Um, you know, it's hard to get one community of anybody to do one particular thing. But I think when you look at the majority, um, you'll see that um, they are very informed about local um, and national politics. They're very informed about their rights, even as small as like their HOA uh, in their right. neighborhood. And they know all the rules, the the all of the loopholes. Um, and I think it's important for us to just become more informed. Um, but, to you know, right now it's just a really sad time, I think, in the nation because it's almost like, um, you know, I hear people saying it feels like we took steps back. But I don't know that we ever took step forward, a step forward. Right. I think it's just um, what we're realizing is how deeply rooted um, racism is in the U.S. Um, and it's just really being revealed by um, the current administration. Yeah. One yeah. of the one of the good points is something something you mentioned in there. And I think that we all need to, like you said, especially black and brown people is with this being an election time. Right. We're all screaming that we're voting for the president part. But these other levels of government, even down to your local level of government, sheet. I think we that we like, that may that may be a start, but I yeah. I know for a fact because I know me even personally. Wow. Until probably these last three years, I would get certain things on my counter, and you know I I, I didn't look at them as hard. And it'd be like you said, it'd be things about judges or or congressmen or yeah. a, a local official and that sort of yeah. thing. And it wasn't as much as oh my god, the, yeah. Barack is running for president, or oh my god, you yeah. know what I'm saying that the election yeah. is coming not, right now. Yeah, and and really being an informed voter means. Um, 
taking the time um, to research. And it's interesting because we'll we'll spend time on like, oh, I want a new house. I'm going to look and I'm going to research and I'm going to find. We want a new car. We're going to research and find. And then we take voting so you know, cavalier, like, you know, like it is like we can just walk in and just vote the down. But I'm a Democrat, so I'm just going to vote down down right. the ballot um, and not really understanding. And so one of the things that I try to do um, is say there are lots of uh, resources. I personally like uh, the League, League of Women Voters, Brittany, um, to your point around a cheat sheet. They do an, an amazing and everybody is called a League of Women Voters, but everyone can utilize it. But they are synced to uh, Voter 411. And, .org, and it allows for you to put in your zip code. It'll automatically pull your specific ballot. And then it will give you a rundown of the candidates and what their position what? is. That's yeah. amazing. What's it called? Uh, so the League of Women Voters, Voter411.org, you enter your zip code. It'll give you your ballot. It'll tell you the positioning for each candidate on your ballot. If there are um, particular um you know, um, laws that are changing, provisions that are on the ballot. It'll tell you if you vote yes, this is what it means. Because sometimes uh, those are difficult. Yeah, they're tricky know. worded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you're confused about that, it'll tell you if you vote yes, this is what you're saying. If you vote no, this is what you're saying. Um, and so I think that there, what we don't understand is that there are lots of sites. I use that one because it's a quick one and it's easy to remember, voter411.org. But there are a lot of other um, amazing organizations that have, um, created ballot interpretation and do a great job of providing you the positions the, a lot of times on the ballot. So the positions that you see are the positions that the actual candidate has provided. So they're not making it up or interpreting it for you. Um, so you'll know right off the bat if they're for diversity and inclusion, if they're for police reform, you know, um, reforming the police or defunding the police, you'll know different things about the candidate based on what the candidate wants you to know. Um, and it'll also link you to the candidate site so you can ask direct questions. You know, um, I think it's also important to know that um, our our current president has made it very clear um, that he already is going to make it um, difficult for there to be a transfer. Right. No matter of power. Who, who, yeah, of power. Um, and he is working really diligently to um, suppress votes. Um, in certain cities. So cities that have high numbers of black and brown people um, are seeing a lot of things happen like, you know, they're not going to um, allow absentee ballots. Um, they're not going to um, open as many polling locations. So it's important for us to know, I, I'm here in Texas, um, so polling opens, early voting opens October 13th. Best believe Tony will be in line early because I'm not going to wait until, um, you know, um, November to cast my vote and um, not potentially be able um, to vote. So I think those are some of the things, Brittany, I think are like the shortcut for like right now we have to deal with what's in front of us. What's in front yeah. of us? is November. What comes after that subsequently is all the work that we'll have to continuously do to kind of reform. Um, but in front of us, we just, we got to know who we're voting for. Um, and there are plenty of cheat sheets. Plenty all, of cheat sheets. All, all, I'm, I'm, saying, sure all I'm saying Thank is you should, you. all I'm saying is you start bringing a pen to this show, Brittany, because that's what I do. <laughs> if Tony comes here, you're going to learn. I need to. I'm about to give Tony her own day on the DJ Aker podcast. <laughs> for real. Things. But um, Tony, before we get out of here, can I can I get this from you? Because I I um 
almost positive knowing you and having you as a sister of sort because we are related. Um, the president election right now, right? You, we've talked about this before. We had um, uh, his name is Kiwan goes Kiwan Goldsmith on. He goes on Instagram as a uh, the. Uh, Golden activist, and he's 19. He's up in uh, Wisconsin where the Jacob Blake incident happened. Yeah, and he also worked, you know, with with the with the voting. And he's been working with that. And so I had a talk with him and Brittany last week. We were talking about the votes, and you know how, especially, and I, I think you you can ag- agree to this point. You both can that when you hear Democrat Republican, you hear black and brown is mostly supposed to go Democrat. That's what you that's what you yeah. hear. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you got this election coming up, and. I honestly feel like right now, again, and I don't think that everything I say is right. These are just my thoughts um, that I'm right now maybe voting for the lesser of two evils. And then I also feel like I'm not so sure if Joe Biden, Joe Biden's my guy. So in order to make me sure, he ran and got a black lady. Okay, now. Did that? A very competent one. I might add. And that part I am not taking away from her. I will that that is not what I'm questioning. That is not because again, I'm not one of those people that's jumping on like I I think she's very qualified. You know, and I think you said that people do their due diligence, you know what I'm saying? On these on these people, you will you will find the qualities that make the person worth voting for or to not vote for. Now, but my question is, did you in any way take that as offensive? That he that he was like, I got cause I don't cause I don't think I just no. think I, I think at first um, I just qualified. So, so there- I do want to answer that. I think there are a couple of things. So no, I wasn't offended um, because for two reasons. One, if you've been following it, you probably haven't noticed the makeup of his campaign team. Um, and um, ultimately, um, he has a very young, progressive, diverse campaign team. There was also a recommendation. You guys probably can find it, but there was a written, um, and I can't remember who did it, but it was like five or six black women who came together um, that are all heavyweights, activists, attorneys, things like that, um, that said in order for Joe to convince them, he needs to select a a black woman to run run alongside him. So there was a lot of pressure um, um, for him to do something different. Um, Whether we agree with whether that was the right move or not, um, you know, we'll see come November. Um, But ultimately, I think um, Kamala was... um, um, you know, his select, and I don't think it's a bad select, right? I mean, I think there are many ways that we could have, you know, um, um, gone about this, but ultimately I think she is qualified, more than qualified for the job. Um, and, um, you know, they have attacked her career and, um, and her background and her personality, much like they did, um, Hillary Clinton. Um, and that's what happens, uh, for women, Um, But ultimately, here's the thing. I'm going to say something is going to be unpopular. Y'all probably going to slice this one piece and I'm going to get trolled. But at the end of the day, I think sometimes black and brown people, we want to pick politicians like we pick hairstylists and pastors. And the reality is um, we're not going to find someone who completely aligns to all of our ideals and beliefs. Right. And not going to do the things that we want them to do it the way we, you know, how we would like them to do it. Right. And so um, because the the reality is when you pick a politician, um, they are a servant for um, their particular their constituents. And those constituents are not all 
one color, right? So there are always going to be things that are polarizing, right? The reality is though, we got two options and we got one option. And so I'm not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time dissecting whether or not Joe Biden is the right person or if Joe if I agree with everything about Joe Biden's career, everything he's ever said, what I do know is Joe Biden is the only choice. Okay. You know, and 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 again, let let's let's be clear on this, Tony. Y- you know the one thing I've always told you, no matter what you say, I know you're going to give it to me straight with no, and I, that way yeah. I always know if I ask you, you're going to give me the realness of it. And for that, you don't never yeah. have to apologize when I talk to you that, you know, yeah. I mean, think about it. I take what Britney say every week and I don't, she don't apologize. So I mean, <laughs> I, I appreciate you both, man. And I, yeah, I know this thank is a, you. A, another tough time, but I thought that it would be, it was a discussion that we had to have. And ultimately um, you two ladies um, are two that I, like to have these kind of discussions with no matter how hard they are and believe me it, it seems to be getting tougher by the week but you know what i feel like that's why we're here so i ain't gonna quit having them you know um tony um any any last or final thoughts since you are you know the guest of the show friend of the show family of the you show know, about to, i am i'm, I'm I gonna just, go back to the drum board i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a tony day because i think you need to come here once a month yes. because you know, I think you need to come once a month. All, because all the way to November. All the way to November. <laughs> yes. I think so. You know, uh, at least every other week uh, to remind people that we have to vote. Um, I think that's the one takeaway is that we have to vote. Um, we have to make it so undeniably like, like there is no arguing because the votes will be suppressed. There is going to prepare ourselves um, for um, what is happening right now. One of the reasons why... You know, President Trump has made it very clear this is one of the reasons why he wants to make a Supreme Court justice pick. At this point, he wants uh, it to fare in his favor um, should he contest um, turning over um, his power, should he lose. And so this is like a fight for our life. Like our life depends on it. Like, you know, if there is nothing else, um, justice for Brianna is showing up at the polls um, like we showed up in 2008, that's justice for Brianna. I love um, it. Yes. And so if I could, if that's, that's one thing that I would leave with everyone that that would be justice for Brianna and showing up like we've never shown up before. We have, we're in a fight for our life, literally and figuratively. I appreciate that as always. Um, where, where can they find you? Um, well, hold on. Cause Brittany may actually have an extra thought. Cause when you, when you, when you, she no, couldn't wait. No, you, she was like, she I, she was like, I can't wait till Tony comes here. I can't wait till Tony, Tony. comes back in one taught me so much today and you know like I, I just feel like I have so many gems she draw I'm still taking them in so I have nothing to say I'm listening today was a listening day for me don't try to text me later and ask me what that voter site was either <laughs> I know I <laughs> I'm gonna DM you after this um, and send it to you so you have it and you can enter your zip code and then you're gonna you're gonna literally be like, girl, how come I didn't know about this? It's gonna be awesome, but I'm gonna send it to you directly. You don't have to you don't have to wait on Ethan for it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, <laughs> Tony. Where can they find you on social media? At the corporate T E A on all social media channels, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me. Follow. Yeah, and I, and I do. I, you know what? I want to have you back too. I want to have you back, I, and I I want to create like a segment built. Of, I, I mean, because I I think seriously, and and I don't say this. I not saying this to make you feel great. I'm saying this because I mean it. Like you mean so much to me, and the stuff we talk about is always way up here. Even when you know when I'm down here, you pull me right up here to make me think about stuff. But I think like the constant the conversations that you and I have had too about 
your knowledge of, of corporate America. I think those are conversations I want to continue to have on the podcast as well, because I think that a lot of the gems that you know about in there, I think people, especially as we walk into 2021 yeah. and people are coming out of this pandemic and, you know, and a whole nother point before we get out of here to hear something like the uh, Wells Fargo CEO say that the, the Wells town- Fargo CEO, we got to <laughs> talk about that. We got to talk about the fact that, you know, President um, Trump just issued an executive order around racial stereotyping and training, which is the reverse of what happens in corporate. So all the impacts of that, like I'd love to come back and have a conversation on those two topics um, right. in the state of what's happening in corporate and what it's going to mean if this administration stays in office for us. Um, but yeah, like it's so much to dissect here and I'm just, I like, I'm just glad y'all listen. I am not an activist. I might, sometimes people (laughs) give me a little bit more. I'm not, there's so many amazing voices. One of them is Brittany Pagnett. If people don't follow her, she is a young iconic voice in this, in this movement. There's a list of people, but she's one of my favorites. Um, so follow her, but I am just literally trying to do what I can and control what I can control. And um, I just want to encourage people to like stay strong. So and get out and vote, right? That, and that's, get that's, out that's, and vote. Brittany, where can they find you? Cause I, I, I see you still having brunch out here on the regular. Yes. <laughs> with, no mask on, with no mask on, with no mask. What? No, if I'm sitting down, I take my mask. I swear. But uh, brunch with Brittany on, I'm on Instagram, TikTok. Twitter. Now, how's TikTok going for you? You scared? Are you nervous? I, have, I haven't been messing with that. I've been trying to get the Beyonce choreography down, so I get back on TikTok, and it's just like, nah, it hasn't happened. I'm, that is a whole lot. Are, we, count, are a... we counting down the days the TikTok is banned? <laughs> yes! Trump, Trump, Trump trying his best. It was supposed to be gone last Sunday, right? Wasn't it supposed to be gone? He tried. To and download the, and the judge it, held it. Oh, oh, my God. So we I'm need be... a TikTok before we can't TikTok no more. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am DJ Eakin. I appreciate you rocking with us here at the DJ Eakin Podcast um, at DJ Eakin Across Everything. Shout out to Radio Influence and um, new episode drops, yeah, every Friday at 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, all right? Tony, we will have you back soon. We'll discuss how we make it happen. And uh, Brittany, as always, I will see you soon and um, hopefully you'll be here and TikTok will still be here because if TikTok's not here, then yeah. you, are, you are so unpleasant to deal with, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys soon, man. The DJ Can Podcast. Love! This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. For the last year and a half, I've been talking about doing a 30-day vegan challenge. Well, I'm here to say I'm starting this October 1st, and from October 1st through the 30th, I'm going to be practicing and just consuming my life with veganism. I'm really excited and nervous at the same time, but I've been doing a lot of research and looking up different recipes that I want to try. I've also been looking at all of the different restaurants in Tampa Bay that specialize in vegan cuisine. I am just overwhelmed by the amount of places that there are. I never really pay much attention to it because when I go out, eating vegan is not anything that matters to me. Well, now it does. And it's crazy that now I'm really starting to notice how many restaurants have vegan options, and I'm really excited. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.